Welcome to the Box and Life Podcast, where we talk about everything from boxing to business. Mindset to money, speaking to some of the world's best minds. From Sunderland, England, now living in Los Angeles, California, here is your host, 2008 Olympic medalist and former undefeated professional boxer, Tony Jeffries. On this episode, you've got myself, Glenn Holmes, Stephen Kane. Glenn, how was this episode? Change your name. <laughs> you like me that much. <laughs> I meant myself, comma, Glenn Holmes. You want know, the little comma thing? Yeah, yeah. See, now I'm getting good at grammar. So myself, comma, Glenn Holmes. And you know, when you're in, introducing people, you're supposed to introduce them first, aren't you? Like uh, Stephen Keane, Glenn Holmes, and, and myself. myself. Yeah, but your ego is so massive. You've got to put yourself first. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, let's start this again. No, no let's no. not. Uh, yeah, on this episode, we, we talk about the boxing. Limachenko, Limachenko versus Rigondeau. Yeah, freak. Yeah, unbelievable. He, we're both claiming right here and right now that he's the greatest fighter of all time. Of all time. Better than Muhammad Ali. Better than everyone. Yeah. Unbelievable. Stephen Smith's ear came off. Yeah. Oh, it was mad. We talked about that. James D. Gale's fight. We touch on that. Um, Touched on the Wilder Ortiz fight a little bit as well. Yeah. Well, that's being built up. Yeah. Ortiz winning at the weekend. So we recap all the boxing and then we get into teaching boxing and all that goes with coaching and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we talked quite a lot in this episode about drug testing as well, which was interesting. Yeah. So if you want to know exactly what we talked about on this, click on the information tab on the podcast. And then we've got the show notes there, what tells you time, time, time by time. So if you want to skip one part of the podcast, you'll be able to go straight to the part that sounds good and appealing to you. We've got Jackie Martinez, our friend from San Jose, uh, doing these awesome show notes for us. So yeah, you'll be able to see which which time you want to jump to on this, as well as the YouTube videos on there as well. Yeah, we talk about blogging, writing blogging, how to write blogs, yeah. the point of writing blogs. Um, social media, that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. So, anyway, here it is the Box and Life podcast with Stephen King, Glenn Holmes, and myself. <laughs> there you go. Tony Jeffries. <laughs> Party people in the place to be. Uh-huh. It's about that time for us to. Yeah. Boys. What's happening? What's happening? What's going on? What's happening? What's happening? We've got Stephen Keane in the house tonight. It's been a Special while. guest. I know, I know. Steve, this is the third podcast you've been on with us. Yeah. So you started your own podcast. How's that going? <laughs> what, what, one of the top things to see about podcasting is when you're podcasting, you've got to be consistent. Yeah. Steve done one, then six weeks later, done another one. Well, let alone be consistent. When you start a podcast, you know what you got to do? Actually podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've done three, but, you know... Life, life kicks in sometimes, but I'm gonna get started again next week. I'll tell everyone I've got me on podcast. But we just do them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're that good. You gotta wait every every couple of months. The suspense, the, the suspense. Annual, uh, one episode a year. I, I was on the first podcast. one. You were on the second one, or yeah. the other way around. But uh, chasing status podcast. I've done what I've done. An excellent one. Well, I think it was excellent. I would because I'm a fan of my own work. But when I was on the show with you, uh, we've done a good one. We talked a lot about social media and marketing. Talking about how to promote yourself. Did you say chasing status podcast. Uh, chasing fitness. Oh, yeah. So chasing stasis. I thought ah, you were going to talk about when we had chasing stasis <laughs> on the podcast. Oh, I just saw Stephen's podcast called Chasing Fitness, not Chasing Stasis. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've done an episode with you and we talked a lot about Instagram and 
social media marketing because mm. your podcast is aimed towards the fitness industry, right? That's it. Um, anything fitness related, boxing, uh, talk about a little bit. I'm going to go more into football because that's my background yeah. as well. So, a bit of everything, really. Do you know what we spoke about before? Like, it's funny, every time I've not. So, I stuck to my New Year's resolution. I've never had a drink in 2017. I've not drank once, but. Fast forward, uh, rewind a year ago when we were all drinking and we're out and all that. Every time we'd be out on the on the beer, on the drinks, us three would have some mad conversations. And I was like, this should be a podcast. Yeah. This should be a podcast. But every time we went out, we would say that it should be a podcast. But but some of the shit, that, well, 99% of the shit we're talking about, we couldn't put on a podcast. So <laughs> we even spoke about <laughs> Couldn't it be a boxing life after hours? We should, hours or we should, like do, that. We should just do a live show. <laughs> just invite everybody out. Pay on the door and come and watch. No, what I would love. We'll just talk, we'll just get I would love and talk if, shit. <laughs> if we all went out one night, just on a, like a boxing bit of night out, and just someone videoed us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> put that out. Yeah, <laughs> that would be trouble when we go back. But I would just get in, in deep conversations about mad shit, like about what would happen. What would you do if you found out that your missus was someone was someone else, or like that sort of stuff we thought about. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, But we'll get that in the. How we would murder people and that. Well, yeah. to <laughs> that's a joke. Um, so, what else is happening? What else is happening, uh, Glenn? Uh, we've just um, finished the last academy of the year, the Level 2 yeah. Boxing Burn Academy. Um, did some great fights last night. Yeah. We're probably going to touch on it. Yeah. yeah uh, the, the, so, the Boxing Burn Academy, the education program we do, we talk about that quite a bit on this, uh, where we teach trainers and fitness professionals how to, how to teach boxing. We've been like, we've done like twelve this year. Twelve courses, yeah, and then the last one was last week. We flew all around and that was the, the country. that was the first one with the level two that I've seen. Yeah, and that was the first time I've seen the social media part of the <laughs> part of the day. Yeah, oh, yeah so yeah. talking about <laughs> social media, I've got a few new followers off that. Actually. <laughs> I bet you I did. <laughs> so I do a a, a part on. Uh, Insta, well, f- Facebook, more on yourself as a, as a trainer because I think that's one of my strengths. You've said it before, Nick, and that's one of my strengths about uh, promoting yourself as a businessman. And I talk about how to, how to get more views on a video, obviously with the cover picture and all that. And I used Steve's video as an example. So uh, when we went in, we, it's another time we were drunk as well. You know, and when we were out with these At nine o'clock chip. in the morning. <laughs> I, our flight was delayed to Austin for like eight hours from the booze. Steve standing at the end. I think I spent like a grand that day. I bought like, <laughs> I went clothes shop, I remember. I bought, I went to the Hugo Boss store, bought like tracksuit, t-shirt, like, then the drink and eating. like a $200 tab. Uh, so my message, it'd be like, like right, $800. I'm going to the Hugo Boss shop and then goes and buys a tracksuit. Oh, back. I remember that. Yeah. Proper Liverpool, aren't I? Yeah. Hugo <laughs> Boss, but, but, but we were stuck in an airport for 12 hours. What are you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, so he was, so like you said, we were stuck in the airport for twelve hours. Steve was at the talking to the the woman about his ticket, and I and I dared Milo, our cameraman, to go and pull Steve's pants down. Uh, <laughs> so I got a video camera. Sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got I got I got I was videoing it from uh, the restaurant, and he went round and pulled his, pulled his pants down. So funny. I edited it, made a good little video, and we'll get that in the show notes as well. We'll get, so Thanks. if you want to see this video of Stevens. Arse and <laughs> I'm not gay. Instagram, Stephen KP Zilly. <laughs> Give me a follow. <laughs> I'm not gay. Obviously, I've got about 15 kids, but <laughs> but um, if you want to see Steve's nice arse, go to that on the show notes. Box, 15. Boxinglifepodcast.com forward slash 78. I think this is episode 78. Yeah. So we'll do episode 78. Yeah. Um, 
so I, I mean, the Boxmill Academies have, have been great and a lot of fun. And then we're just talking about about 2018 as well. Yeah. We've got England. I know most of the people who listen to this is f- from the UK. Birmingham, England in August. August 19th. And we're talking about doing the level one in England, doing the level one in Ibiza the following week, and then the level two in Ibiza as well. Yeah. So we'll be able to uh, get people to do the level one and the level two uh in Ibiza that, that should be good world tour coming up hopefully yeah we're going to make uh, it happen but the first one next year is going to be in Austin Austin, Texas on uh, January 6th yeah that's going to be good to Austin I love yeah. that place yeah it's great at the Honor Academy uh, so hi and then the fights last night whoa I think we've got Ooh. the greatest fighter of all time living Sad. now in our generation of all time definitely it's just a great weekend of fights wasn't it I like mm. the British lads fighting yeah, uh, well, I don't, know if was, I don't know how great it was for, well, the, for it the British lads. Well, yeah. No. I, yeah, I didn't see that fight, but like I said before, I've seen the clips of uh, Stephen Smith here. Didn't look good. Looked yeah. pretty nasty. Yeah. So strange one, that. Lomachenko, the, the Ukrainian, I remember him as an amateur. He won the World Championships when I fought in Chicago. I was in the same tournament as him. And then, obviously, the 2008 Olympics, he won the Olympic Games in 2008. Uh, the, the same year as I was in them. And then, uh, then he went to 2012 Olympics, won the 2012 Olympics. He fought Rigondo. Rigondo is a Cuban. He I fought Rigondo in the Olympics. No, no, sorry. Like oh, la- you talked last, last night. Last night, yeah. yeah. And he fought Rigondo. And Rigondo is another one when I was coming up, when I was like 10 years old, 12 years old. Everyone was talking about him. He was the best amateur boxer of all time in, uh, as well. And he won two Olympics. Yeah. I think it was the 2000 and 2004 games. Right. I might be wrong, but I'm sure it will be around that time. Um, He's 37. Yeah. He's 37. He's old. He's had about 400 fights. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, you know, what's weird about these two, I consider them like professional amateurs in a way. It's like yeah. they've spent their whole life being amateur Olympics, boxers. Uh, yeah. It's mad. Hi. So, this, this, this fight was... Uh, I, I wonder if two, Olymp- two double Olympic champions have ever fought each other. Yeah, no, that, that was the first time last it night. Was? Yeah. That's what they were saying, yeah. yeah. First Aye. time it happened. Uh, and I, I expected it to be... A very competitive fight. Yeah. It was one sided, man. It was Lomachenko. I, I, I didn't expect it to be that competitive. I thought Lomachenko would. I, I, I thought Lomachenko would be too busy for him and just like, outpoint him and just be t- too aggressive. Yeah. Lomachenko uh, um, Rigandau waits all the time. He relies on mm. counters, mm. and that like, you, you can't do that against Lomachenko. You've got to playing with gotta, him. Like, you got to try and like punch with him and and be aggressive with him and hopefully catch him, but. Uh, he's just he's just on another level, and he's another a level. Freak. How he was his, his footwork. Do you know what, this is the first time I've ever seen him fight as a pro. Really, uh, but but I've seen the highlights of him obviously, and I could not believe it. Yeah, how he was throwing like four or five jabs in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Hypnotic, isn't it? Where he moves, triple uppercut. Yeah, bam, bam. boom, boom. Yeah, and <laughs> then like just his ring craft and everything. Like looking at the referee and telling the referee like. Tell the referee, come on, he's holding us. He's yeah. doing this, doing that. Mm. I, I, love st- that I started laughing at the end of the one round. I think it was like end of round five. It was unbelievable. There's five seconds of the round left. <laughs> and he just turned his back and started walking to the corner. Oh, I seen like three, that. Two, two, that. Bell goes. And he's just already in the corner. And look, Rigandau stood in the middle of the ring. Like, Thinking, where's he gone? <laughs> walks off and then the bell goes. Yeah. <laughs> just just so like, he knows exactly where he is at all times. Like experience is ridiculous. Yeah. Career fight, and then that ended with Lomich, uh, Rigondo said he hurt his hand. And he threw um, like one punch, <laughs> must have been some punch. It's, it's like hurt. a still of him on um, Instagram 
He's like uh, Lomachenko's fist right across his chin. He's getting snapped off. He's like, this is the moment when Rigandel's hand started hurting. <laughs> <laughs> That's class. Uh, I, I, to me, it looked like he came in just for the payday. Yeah. You yeah, know? I think so. Came in just for the payday. And Let's I, talk about the paydays because I just mentioned that to you before. So reportedly, Lomachenko got 1.2 million and Rigandel got 400,000. Dollars. Yeah. Four hundred thousand dollars for a headline in a card. That's it's mad. Yeah, yeah, it's it's sad. And I heard that Rigondo sold both of his limited gold medals. He sold them because yeah. he needed the money. You know, it it is it's sad. Someone who's done what he's done in this sport sh- should be like. A you wouldn't think that goes on like these days now, like these modern days. You think they'd be a bit smarter with the money, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, it's it's because in Cuba. You, you don't get paid, do you? You don't, you don't really get paid. I think you yeah. get looked after. Like yeah. You get living accommodation and food and expenses and all that. But I don't think you get paid, so you don't earn a load of money f- from it. Uh, so w- when he won them Olympic gold medals, he wasn't earning a penny. He, he never started looked after, really, that was it. Yeah, he never started earning money until he turned pro. Then he turned pro in his fights. And he still only had, what, about like 13, 14 fights or something? 15 fights? He's not had that many really? pro fights. Really? Yeah. Do you want to Google that? Yeah. Uh, he turned pro? I'm not sure how old he was when he turned pro. He must have been... Uh, must have been thirty. Yeah. Uh, but he, he he's not earned much money as a pro because he's not that big of a ticket seller. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Unless you're a pure boxing uh, purist, you, you don't uh, respect you don't these. Really. Mm-hmm. And then as well, like seventeen and one. Wow. So he only had seventeen fights. Yeah. Like so like if eighteen fights. If Mayweather wasn't flashy outside the ring, and if Mayweather wasn't the way he is. He would be the same as Rigondo. Not a household name. Yeah. No one really heard of him. No one wants to watch him fight because he's boring. Yeah. But because he's got that, that personality, personality and, and that outside of the ring, yeah. that's why he's a gazillionaire. Yeah, yeah. You know? Would would, uh, would Lomachenko beat Mayweather if they could meet on weight? Like I think say, so. say, I don't know, a young Mayweather when he was like at 135 and say around 135, they fought at 135. Would, would Lomachenko beat him? I think so. I can't see anyone... Beaten. The, the, the unique thing about him for me is like he doesn't fight in a in 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 a straight line here. Yeah. So it's not like he's just he's just like there or and then he like moves a lot or whatever. It's just he's just constantly in a different spot. Uh, he's like a he's boom, boom, like just how do you even predict where mm. he's gonna go? Or what he's his nickname's High Tech. Yeah. And that's a great name for yeah, him. Yeah. You know, I I heard the commentators say last night that. Before he started boxing, he was a was he done ballet or some sort of dance? Yeah, that put him into different sports. I see yeah. that gymnastics. He done a year of gymnastics mm-hmm. before he could uh, box. And unbelievable athlete. I seen that video yeah. of him walking across see the that? ring yeah, yeah, yeah. on his hands. Uh, unbelievable athlete. So he, one thing I, I like as well, he defends. Like some fighters will just only defend with their hands. Some fighters will only defend with head movement, and some fighters will only defend with footwork. But he, he relies on all three all the time. At so the if same he stays time. in range, he's boom, he's catching. And then or next time he'll be slipping to counter. Yeah. And then he'll just move his feet a little bit. Yeah. He, he just chooses how he wants but to defend. He'll slip and move his feet and then hit them. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I can see, I would love to see him move up two weight classes and mm. box Mickey Garcia. And I think he'd, I think he'd beat him. He, he, at 140. They could they could meet at one thirty five because Mikey Garcia was one thirty five right until recently. if he wants it I don't know anyone in the world who want to fight him scared yeah. of Marty I would be I be am a good fight that. even though I'm ten weird classes above him I would shit myself <laughs> fighting him no, I was thinking I was thinking that last night I was thinking God he would actually punch me all over him yeah he won't get near, I mean 
watching last night, that guy, that Regan was over the hill a little bit, but he couldn't get near him. He's just like standing there, like head down, and he's yeah. just jabbing and moving, jabbing yeah. and moving. I was like, it just takes him a couple of rounds, doesn't it? Just like figure out your style, what you're gonna do, and then just he just uh, starts. Imagine going that to though, work. if they've done some sort of mad fight where he fought like a light heavyweight or like a, a cruiserweight or even a heavyweight. And just outbox the shit. Out. <laughs> it, it'd be hard, you know. It would be hard for someone to land a punch on him. Yeah. G- give me a, give me a light heavyweight now, like someone like who. Uh, like Kovalev. <laughs> no, not Kovalev. <laughs> Kovalev's a beast. But you know, like uh, a British champion light heavyweight. Yeah. Whoever that is. Uh, like if, if if he fought someone like Rocky Phelan, who's a super yeah. he'd be yeah. Rocky Phelan? Yeah. I think so. No offense to Rocky Phelan. I'm not calling you right. He's the first one that comes to my head, so he must be doing something right. But like, it's, that's a hard fight for someone like that, even though you're five weeks less above him. It really is. Yeah. I just believe on, it just is. on point scoring. Aye. Yeah. Po- points and. Oh. He's just a beast. Yeah. I'm a big fan. And then Stephen Smith, uh, a very good friend of mine from from that back in the day, the amateur days, fought last night and he fought one tough bastard. Yeah, Francisco Vargas is a beast for for one thirty, Olympian as well, a gold medalist, right? I think. I don't Francisco know if he won. Vargas. I don't think he won the gold, but he he uh, a, a Mexican who's a very good amateur. Yeah. That's that's a nightmare, and I was thinking that style. And he's big too. He's big and he's long. He's powerful. He's aggressive. Tough, tough. It was always going to be a tough fight for him, but he fought his ass off. Yeah. He boxed really well. I just think the the range and like pressure was just a little, started to yeah. catch up. I never saw how many rounds did they go. I think 11, it was the it? yeah. It might have been the eleventh, tenth or eleventh that it's they stopped it. But that ear, man. Oh man. For me, that was the, that would be a worst, the worst type of opponent who just comes forward, fit, non-stop punching, yep. and takes all your punches yeah. and yeah. takes your best punches. Exactly. Yeah. That for me, that that's a nightmare. Yeah. That's a nightmare. You know, who can fight as well? Uh, but Stephen, he showed a lot of heart, a lot of he, courage. He, he was landing some really good punches when they were in close. When he when he stepped when he smothered him and they were working inside. Yeah. Um, Stephen Smith was landing some really good punches and, and good shots. But I just I think that. Vargas wasn't really feeling him. He right. was just walking through it, really. Yeah. But um, what I loved is after they stopped the fight and his ears just, like, hanging off his head. Hanging off. And they're, like, putting it back together and all this. And he, they just walked out before the, they even announced mm. the result of the fight. And he's just, like, like nothing had happened. Right. <laughs> just got on with it. Yeah, just a beast. I've never seen just anything. I've, well, I've seen his Instagram this morning. hanging off and he's just there, like, walking out there. I've seen his Instagram yeah. this morning. He was, he was up early because it was the Liverpool derby this morning. Yeah. That was on at, like, 6 a.m. Yeah. So he must have got up early. <laughs> just, just, a, just a proper fight. Just got on with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's what disappoints me about going back to the Rigandau thing. It's like, you could tell he's, like, getting out boxed and he's getting frustrated and it's like, oh, and he quits on his stool and he's, like, complaining about his hand and all this. And then you've got Stephen Smith with his fucking ear hanging off. No, no. Just <laughs> walking out like nothing's happened. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I want to see more of that from the... More of that kind of grit and, and fight from, yeah. the, from the super skilled type of fighters as well. Yeah, I think with, with Rigondo, you know, it's, it's like he's... He's getting four hundred grand for that fight, which it, that level is not much. He yeah. probably knows mm-hmm. his opponents. Well, he really knows his opponents getting one point two million. He's thinking like that's mental. That's di- disheartening. Yeah. Like, if, if, if he if he beat him, he's not really gonna. He's at the end of his career, you know. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, fuck this. I'm not gonna beat this. I'm not gonna beat this lad after six rounds. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I've done. I'll yeah. retire now. It's exactly the same thing that happened to Nicholas Walters, a guy who's just an absolute beast at the weight, knocking people out, and then it's like six rounds in. It's like. 
There's no, I'm not going to win this. They've done some out of here. Take oh. me money and run. James DeGale lost. Gutted. Uh, James DeGale, my Olympic team, Olympic champion. Box. Uh, and I've never seen the fight. I've seen the highlights. And again, very sad to see. Yeah. Very sad to see. Yeah, I just wonder how much that shoulder injury took out of him. If yeah. it had any part to play or not. But he just didn't really turn up. It's weird. I think he might have just took him a bit likely. And then he took some, I think, fifth round some big heavy shots and then he never really like got back into it after that that yeah. kind of put him on his I really think that he underestimated him because yeah. I've seen lots of interviews with him beforehand talking about this fight and that fight and this is me and warm up fight yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Same, yeah. And that that was his first fight back in England for a while wasn't it yeah ah, it was well yeah. it's first first fight in Eng- well first fight for a while as well because of his surgery but mm. yeah in England he's probably fighting in America yeah. and that's what happens not just well, yeah, in boxing, but in in life, if if you're concentrating on too far ahead, you're gonna forget what's in front yeah, of you, true. and you wanna slip up. Yeah, that just just based off that guy's style, like he should never lose to him. No, no. You know, you see James DeGale like switching stances, throwing uppercuts, body shots, spinning off, changing angles, pivoting all the time, moving moving his head, slipping punches, slick, great style. Didn't do it, any of that. Yeah. He just he, after he got caught with them heavy shots, he would just be. Hands up, walk, going back in a straight line, covering up on the ropes, catching punches. I'm like, this isn't, that's not him. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't box out. Did you, did you see what uh, Eubank Jr. put on Twitter? Yeah. That was terrible. Huh? He's like, you're an embarrassment to Britain. I can't <laughs> believe yeah. that performance. He's a fucking prick. He's horrible, isn't he? <laughs> he's, like, he's horrible. No class, that. But I'm a huge fan of his boxing it, ability. It, it's building up, though. I think that, that might happen next. Yeah. Even yeah. though uh, De Gale's lost his belt now, I think if. if I, I can't see Eubank Jr. beating Groves, even though you think he will. Yeah. I think Groves beats Eubank Jr. I and then Groves, yeah. Eubank Jr. against DeGale sometime next right. year. Right, yeah. No, I think I think it's a, a great fight. And the, the sad thing is, as well, Chunky never had it in the in the contract that so we've got the rematch clause. Against so, that two acts? Aye. So that lad will get a fight and then have probably two mandatories. Yeah. And then, so it's going to be a while before I think he gets that get rematch. Back. Yeah. Not unless Frank Warren, which he, I hope he does, offers him a fat chunk yeah. to, to have that rematch with him. Oh, definitely. You know? And then Chunky was seen after that, uh, James Dealer was seen at the end of the fight that he's had problems with camp. So it always makes you wonder what, what what's happened. Cause you, you know what? The fighters never reveal anything before the fight. You, you, you always hear fighters saying, oh, I've had a great camp, I'm feeling good, because they want their opponent to think they've had a great camp. And then it's not until after the fight that it all comes out. And it's it's always frustrating. I'd love a fighter to, to be... Like, I'm in, a shit camp. You know, like before yeah. the way and say, I've had a shit camp, I'm injured, I'm fucked. Tyson <laughs> Fury like probably was. Tyson Fury still, would. I'm still yeah. going to go in and win, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd love a fighter to say, oh, yeah, Tyson Fury, Fury would, would, yeah. Smitty, you would do. And I thought, I would, often like now, since I've retired, like if, if, I, was, if I was there now... I would do something like that just yeah. to do it, you know. So, like, you out of your uh, ten pro fights, how many were you one hundred percent for? None. I wasn't one hundred percent for yeah. one fight. So I always had bad hands. Little and niggles yeah. and stuff like that. Little niggles, yeah, and knees. And I remember when I was fighting. Every night I would lie in bed. I'd be in pain. I'd have a bad elbow. Yeah. I'd yeah. have a bad knee. Uh, my hands were fucked. Yeah. So, uh, if I've been spawned, I'd have a headache. Yeah. The, the, the torch that you put your body through is unbelievable mm. in boxing. Yeah. Uh, bad wrists. But that, that was all the time. Like, my elbow would be just killing. I'd be lying there, like, oh, I'd be like throbbing pain. And then you'd have to spoil the next day. The next day, you'd yeah. be training. But yeah. when you get warmed up, when you get going, the pain goes. Yeah. But that night, it's like, oh, God. 
then your legs, then your body. Mm. That's not even thinking about the muscles that's recovering after you've done all that hard work that day. And it, it, the same goes for in the actual fight as well. You never know what's actually going on. It's like, it's, you know, broken hands, like dis, dislocated elbows and, you know, all, all the shit that's going on and like an- ankle joints and blisters and all the yeah. fucking shit that goes on during a 12-round fight. And you'll be watching it going, why is he not doing this? Why is he not doing that? And it's like, you, you don't know what's going on in, in it's like any athlete, they don't want people knowing any weaknesses about them, do they? Yeah, Especially yeah. boxing. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it's like, it makes them look weak. Yeah. <clears throat> so they, they try and hide it, but that's when you said, after the fights, it yeah, all it comes, comes out. Down, yeah. But right. if they win, they don't, they don't really mention it. If they yeah, get beat, yeah, like, oh, I got this, I got that. But yeah. No, and that's it. Mentality, it's everything. So Steve was a professional footballer, and it's, like, I mean, it's different. Like, cause Completely you different. Right, yeah, team, but, but like in boxing, it's all about mentality. I was on. You're by yourself, aren't you? You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's even more mental. I did an episode with, uh, on, I was a guest on Tate Fletcher's podcast. Have you heard of Tate Fletcher? Tate yeah. Fletcher. Yeah. He's got, got he was in the UFC, right? Pirate Life Radio, yeah. yeah. He owns Caveman Coffee, the company. Uh, I was a guest on his podcast and it was great. He can really talk and, and it, was, it was a good podcast. He's really intelligent as well. Yeah. And he was talking about steroids. We were talking about steroids a lot in, in fight camps or in sports. And he was asking my take, and I, I, I said, I think every, I think it should be banned. If you get caught taking steroids, you should get ba- banned for life. It's yeah. not fair. And he said, but what about if they made it legal? But then what? Well, I, I still don't think it should make it legal. Because well, then it just becomes a battle of the steroids as opposed to like a who's battle almost of money yeah. and all that. Yeah. But he, his thing was like, if you can, for, for us as fans, to make it more entertaining, if everyone's performing to their peak performance by taking these enhanced drugs yeah you know but it'd be you know, I'm not going back to wrestling but like it'd be like people all these fighters would be dying on getting all heart problems right. early on in their life you yeah, know what I mean it's not healthy is it it's not healthy for you at all heart attacks everywhere. that was a, that was a, a really interesting podcast if you want to listen to that, I'll get that in the show notes as well boxinglifepodcast.com forward slash uh, 78 whatever yeah. number this episode yeah. is we'll call that and right. then what, one more fight this weekend that's kind of slipped under the radar a little bit was Luis Ortiz fought on Friday night, knocked his guy out in the second round, and then Deontay Wilder was ringside. Oh, and he they jumped had a in. huge, yeah. huge face off, and yeah. then Wilder got in the ring and they had a big exchange for a long time. Mm. And it was it was really entertaining. I was sat there on Friday night watching these oh, two fight. Nice. It was like watching WWE. That's oh, what's and getting like that heavyweight division. Yeah, isn't it's it? great. And and Deontay Wilder saying, "Look, I gave you the blessing the first time to have this fight." And you, you fucked it up because he failed the drug test. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, right, here's your next chance. I'm giving you the second chance, so don't mess it up. Like, no excuses. Yeah, no, excuses no excuses this time. This time, this time yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a great fight because that Luis Ortiz is a beast. Yeah. I want to see him and Joshua. That's what I want to say. Wilder and Joshua. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be a, a massive fight. Who's Joshua fighting next? Has been this, I think the Parker fight's close. That was the right. last I heard that the Joseph Parker fight will probably happen. So I think it's looking like. Joshua v. Parker, Wilder against Ortiz over here. Right. And then uh, the winner. Of the, I wonder who's on steroids. Oh, do we really want to go there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but like, I'll <laughs> but like, he's definitely on them. No, but who, <laughs> just by looks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, who, who is on steroids? Because I can put my hand on my heart and see it. when I was a professional boxer, I never knew one person who, t- who took steroids. Right. Do you know... I was talking to, uh, was I telling you this about the, the thing the other day? Um, after the fight, you know, when you go, you, you're back in the dressing room after and you have the drug test after the fight. Yeah. 
and then uh, it was Cal Yafai was telling me this. He was yeah. like, uh, "If you just say, oh, 'Oh, I've got a headache,' oh yeah, they just throw you in the ambulance yeah. and you're out of there. You're straight to the hospital, and you can avoid the drug test that way." And then I was uh, back home at the, the Hatton gym, and um, the lad I've trained with over there was telling me that in that last uh, one of the, the last fights that he, he cornered over there, the opponent was was waiting to get drug tested and he's like oh, I've got an headache and then, and they they took him off and he and he still hasn't been drug tested for that you can't fight. deny it though cuz fighters it's like they've got to they got to check that up they've they yeah, got like something wrong with the head yeah. you've got to you got to do it and and what Kaliafa was saying he was like I didn't even have a headache from like the punches or anything he said I just had a headache cuz I've been fucking concentrating my ass off yeah, for 12 yeah, yeah. rounds it was just like my head was just drained so uh it's interesting that I don't know if you've ever like experience that from no. from your fight days, but well, I so there's a tip for you if you're <laughs> boxers if you're on steroids, if you're on the juice, just, just say you've that. Got an headache, you've got an headache, and they take you straight to the hospital. Yeah, uh, that that is mad, isn't it? It's crazy. It is. it? The, the drug tester should go with them to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. I never, got, I never got drug tested once as a professional. Ever? Not once. Wow. Uh, as an amateur, it's random, isn't it? Yeah, as an amateur. We we got tested a few times, but not much. You know, when you get drug tested, as soon as you come up the ring, you've got this drug test over you. But it was, wasn't until I got beat in the Olympics, in the semi-finals of the Olympics, I got beat. And it was then. He's with you all the time. And do you know how hard it is to piss when yeah. someone's staring, staring at you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, it's so hard. But what, what you've got... So you, depends for, who it is. Stage fight. <laughs> yeah. Stage fight, big yeah. time. You've got to, so you're drinking so much water. Because all you want to do is to get rid of this yeah. drug tester. So much water, your belly's bloated. Yeah. And then when you, it's tough, finally what, time to go... At what, at what stage of the... Like the tournament, would you be getting drug tested? Uh, when I lost, when I'm out of the tournament. Or straight out of it. Yeah. Right. But it's like the, when you come out the ring, they're following you. So yeah. they're waiting for the loser to come out the ring and then they follow them around. So you're drinking so, so much water and you, you, uh, you've got to pull your pants down to your ankles, lift your T-shirt up and do a 360 turn so you can see your dick and you've not squirting out in there. You know, and then pissing in the jaw, uh, no. which is so. There's some pedos doing that. Some pedos. Sounds like a night out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Uh, who was it? I might have been James DeGale before. Couldn't couldn't go. So he had a shit and put the thing down there. Do you know, because it's easier to piss when you've had a shit. Yeah. So he's uh, so he has a shit. Put the, put the thing down there. Piss it up that way. Henry Henry Jones' dad does that. Uh, well, the testing testing. for you, Cad. Yeah. Travels around doing uh, that. Speak, speaking of them, uh, I read that if Tyson Fury wins his his, uh, his legal case against UCAD, it's going to bankrupt UCAD and, it, and they'll be screwed because they, they're going to owe him 20 million in compensation. Oh, and they just don't have that kind of money. So they're going to be. What, what happened with him in the first place? How did he get. To he, he, fa- he failed a drug test, yeah. but his, his argument was that it was from meat. There was like something in the meat that was contaminated. Yeah. And uh, or that was was on the ban list, but it was in the meat, and uh, it's, he, he says he's completely innocent. But if so you have the, something, I, th- I think the hearing starts this week. I right. think it starts Monday. It might take a few weeks, but uh, if if he loses the case, he could be banned for up to five years, and if he wins the case, he's going to be owed twenty million from UCAD. So it's yeah. either way, it's a big it's a big mm. deal. He cannot win that. Surely, if you've got caught with these drugs in your system, doesn't matter where they've come from. It doesn't matter if it's from meat, if it's from a drink, if it's from whatever. Right. They're in your system. You've got to get banned. You've got no case. Same with Luis Ortiz failed in November before the, the Wilder fight. 
and it was for a prescription drug for a medical condition that right. he had. Got to, get, got to be banned. If it's on the ban list and you haven't reported it. And, and he just fought last night <laughs> or on Friday night. Bloody hell. Yeah. But you know what I mean, though? If it's on the ban list. so. But yeah, I, I, I don't think... I think if it's performance enhancing, that's where it becomes dangerous. And you'd, you'd expect the ban list to just be all performance enhancing stuff, wouldn't you? See, there you see the word you used was expect. You kind of just expect when you're at that level. Yeah. So when we were training for the Olympics... Whatever we had, we have to get it through the doctor and put that filler form out and put the report in whoever it is, the drug testing mm. people, yeah. and then have to sign it. I'll have to sign it and send it off with every everything. Yeah, yeah. If I ever got a cortisone injection in my knuckle, it would be we have to post it off because that's got illegal substance, yeah. substance in. Yeah, it kind of comes down to education, I think. Oh, big time! Yeah, you've got to watch everything that you're eating and know what's in <coughs> yeah. everything. It's we we madness. don't get. Any education fighters? I say we. I'm retired. Like then I, I, I would just stay on top of it then. Well, the education? Know, no, like say, you know, you get these listed drugs that you're meant to stay away from. Yeah. Who's there helping you? Obviously your trainer or Well, in, in the amateurs, we had like a, a team around us yeah. and we got told, don't have anything. If you have anything, you need to call from the doctor. We had a doctor on call all the time. But as a professional, you don't have that That's support. what I mean. You'd yeah. think it'd be the other way around, wouldn't you? Yeah. You think it'd be like the boxing's pros? mad. Boxing's mad. <laughs> it gets more. It's like loose when I, you get to the pro. Yeah, I, I, I sort of related to football. Like when you, when you, uh, whenever you sign pro, like you've got to start somewhere. So for me, I started as a schoolboy with a, just a, a non-league team, and then I got scouted to to a club team, and then the step up was like amazing. Like you get looked after, you get clothes, you get con- you know contracts, and yeah. start getting paid. But like. It's like the other way around for you. Obviously, yeah. you get paid more money as a pro, but like the way you get looked after is way worse. Oh, it's mad. But this is, this is just at the world-class level when you're, when you're top of the game as an amateur. Yeah. But the support team that we get around, like kind of what you got when you're playing in the top uh, football clubs, it, you've got like nutritionists, yeah. psychologists, physios, mm. masseuse, because at top that, trainers. At the, at the top, this is, I think this is the difference because when you're boxing at a top level in the amateurs, you're boxing for your country in things like the Commonwealth Games and the Olympics, which mm. are huge, mm. you know, global events. So they've got to be, like, really on top of that shit. Whereas in the pro game, you're boxing for yourself. Yeah. You're not I boxing for your country or you're not boxing in a big tournament where there's all this money behind it. And everything, yeah, the, you know fun, I mean? the funding, really, exactly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah so it does make sense, really. Uh, it's mad. And last time you were on this podcast, I think we spoke about this, was, like, how I, I wore the same gloves, the boxing gloves for me, uh, what I training, fighting as a pro. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. I remember my first pro fight, I got some wet gloves off like three fights earlier to, to wear, BBE gloves, some shit when he padding And they were like, these your gloves. I'm like, these are my gloves. I'm like, the, the crap. Yeah. They're used, they've got blood on them. Yeah. Uh, so it's just super unprofessional. The professional boxing is super can unprofessional. You, can yeah. you not do anything about that, though? Can you not show up with, like, your own? Yeah, they didn't even check them. Yeah. I, I, like, if it, was a, if it was a title, they would check them, but at my level, even though I was all televised and all that, you would think that they'd still be oh, yeah, yeah. regulated, but no one checked gloves. I could have probably wore... I could have wore six-ounce gloves and no one would have knew the difference <laughs> because... They don't check your gloves before you go in. They don't check your gloves before you come out. I took them home, trained with them, fought my next fight. That's you know? I felt sorry for my opponents. Yeah, yeah. Because I had the upper hand. I give. I actually give my opponents his gloves to wear as well. Yeah. How mad's that? Yeah. You know. That's How mad's mad. that? That's insane. Uh, so that that's that's professional professional boxing, boxing for you. <laughs> Should be called unprofessional professional. You just boxing. wrote a blog about all that too, didn't you? Just uh, a couple of weeks ago on boxing news. 
about like how, how unprofessional the oh, pro I, game is. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was a blog I've wrote. I've been writing loads of blogs uh, lately. I love writing them, you know. It makes you smarter. You're active at them, aren't you? makes you smarter. I really, it really does make you smarter. I yeah, used to it does. write the column for the boxing, uh, for, for the, sorry, for the uh, Sunday Sun website and then I want to pack that in and I started the podcast this 2014 and now I've started writing blogs again and when you're writing, you've got to research. Yeah, yeah. Well, not unless you, you know shit anyway, but it brings it out to you and it makes you remember it better. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, I've been writing loads and when you talk about the Boxing Burn Academy, the level, level two, when I talk about social media and marketing, I see it like, I don't believe in people being bored. I believe in people being lazy. Yeah. yeah. If you if you're bored, it's because you're lazy. You Definitely. shouldn't. You should never be bored if yeah. you want to be successful. Mm. Do you know what I think? I thought about that on my flight back from England a couple of weeks ago. I was watching what people were doing, and they're like, I don't know, watching like some zombie film <laughs> or something like that. And I'm on my laptop like. On trying to put some work in, yeah. right? And I was just thinking, like, I could be doing that, but I just feel like I'm completely wasting my time. Yeah, and I yeah. just feel, I feel like I've got to be doing something that's p- productive all the time. I feel guilty of it if I don't, if I'm not active. I feel like I don't know, I just feel lazy. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. what I mean, yeah. lazy. So, uh, and when someone said, "Oh, I was boring on that flight," I'm like, "Oh, great yeah. on me. I would love that hour or five hours, whatever Eight, that ten is. Ten hours to do, yeah." Like, I've never have just 10 hours straight <laughs> to just do sh- shit like that. You get so much shit done. Yeah. I, I've just been in New York two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, was it? And I wrote five blogs on an airplane on the way back. I write a blog for the Boxing News uh, boxing news Online website, and uh, it's, it's get pretty popular now. But as well, I can put that blog on uh, my own website, the Boxing Burn website, and put it everywhere. Yeah. And post it on social media as well. Uh, so... Advice for you. Do that. Do that. Do you know what I've noticed with, with podcasts? What's starting to really... What great on us a little bit. Where people talk about people. That makes How sense. How do you mean? Like, where people are like, well, people do this and people do that. They should do this and people should do that. I'm like... Like telling you what to do. Like, no. People should do what the fuck the people want to do. Yeah. But yeah. there's way too many podcasts or, or clips or motivational speakers yeah, yeah. seeing people... Need to do this? Yeah. No, no, they don't. Yeah. If someone would like to do this, then they do this. Yeah. But don't talk about people as if you're better than other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. starting to. It's a great on. Do you know what I noticed as well? That you've on Instagram, you see like people posting, uh, and there's all these pages as well, like motivational quotes and all this stuff. And it's like now and again, I'm like, oh, that's good. But then I just think people take it like so See, literally. You're talking about people now, like people. <laughs> people. No, people take it literally, and they're like, they feel like they've got to live their life like by that Instagram page or that right. motivational quote, and it's like they take it too seriously. But if they do, fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Just don't call other people out for being people. <laughs> no, <laughs> I see it all the time, and does, does that make sense to what I'm talking about? Like. They're saying you should be doing things a certain way, I but everyone's different, I guess. No, they're just, they're just telling everyone what everyone needs to be doing. And yeah. I just think everyone needs to be doing what they Whatever need they to want. do. That's what I mean. Do, yeah. do, what, do what makes you happy. Yeah. If, it, if it is sitting in an airplane and... Watching um, a zombie film. Yeah, yeah. fine. Lazy yeah. bastard, but yeah. that's fine. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but rather than writing blogs and all that, being yeah, creative. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I saw 
You we, see, see, you just said then before you're like, here's some advice. Do go and write some blogs. And then I'm sure there's like people listening to this going, well, I don't have a fucking clue how to write a blog. So <laughs> and I'm never going to write a blog. And I don't want to write a blog. You're telling people what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> so as I'm saying, he's like, not everyone, no, I'm, not I'm, everyone I'm, I'm giving it. them ideas. I'm giving them ideas what to do rather than watching the zombie film. They've got their own ideas. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But how do you write a blog? How do I write a blog? Not, not ha- Yeah. Um, I usually have like an idea of like something that's like fitness or training related that I've been thinking about recently and I'm like, all right, and I'll expand on it. And then I read other blogs as well and listen to podcasts and stuff and then that sometimes sparks an, an idea. And I'm like, oh, I think, I, or if I disagree with someone on a podcast or I agree with someone, I'm like, that's good. And then when I've got some time and at night, I'll get on a laptop and start expanding on it and I just start writing about it. Just, and just build it up. And what I do is I'll get a good like few paragraphs written think oh that's good and then let it sit for a couple of days and then when I read it back again in a couple of days I'm like oh, it's not that good I can do better and then build on it that way just keep letting it sit yeah. until I'm like completely happy with then it. you just put that on your website and then blast it out on Google Plus and other platforms just put it everywhere where, where yeah. did you do it? put it on my own blog on my website um, put it on Facebook and uh, Instagram put it out in a newsletter through my website yeah. just any, any avenue I can get it out just put it out have you wrote a blog before? no Never done one. Uh, so, but but you, you got to understand the re. The, I think <coughs> why why am I why are you doing it? Is it to get people to read the whole thing and learn something from it? Because I'm not at that level where I've got like millions of followers where people are going to read all this and hang on to every word I'm saying. And I understand that. So for me, it's just trying to put more content into the Google machine. Yeah. That people are searching for maybe one or two of the things that are in that blog and they come across me or whatever that's good so I, I get asked about on the on the academy well how do I start what do I write about anything you write about anything yeah. yours is fitness related because you've got your target market and, yeah. and you've got your passion what you're passionate about so you write about your passion write about your passion and it doesn't matter if it's three paragraphs 30 paragraphs one paragraph yeah a blog can be as big or as small as, as you want it to be. Yeah. And what might not be interesting to me might be interesting to Steve or might be interesting to Bob down the street. Right. Uh, so th- I wouldn't really concentrate on so much writing them for other people, kind of write them for yourself. yourself because yeah. And then, as and like, like you said, the great learning curve too. Like I learn loads when I write yeah, a blog. You say you like research it. and stuff, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. It's yeah. The same with the, when I put Instagram posts up. You know what I mean? The, the more educational it is, the better for you as a trainer because yeah. you're actually ducking up things on, on online and uh, getting more knowledge. Anything that I post on my wall, it takes me I ages feel like it's a mini blog in itself. Yeah, it's yeah. Like I can't just put up a picture and put yeah. like, oh, and two, put two words. Right. Yeah. I have to put like a picture and then think about what can I write about mm. this picture and then I end up writing about two yeah. or three paragraphs each time I post. Yeah, blog, blogs are great and you, like Glenn said, he puts them everywhere. You can use them everywhere. Yeah. Like you can use them for uh, like the, in social media, Facebook, Instagram, then Google Plus, then your website. Newsletters are very big. Yeah, newsletter, email blasts, put them on YouTube for underneath captions on videos. Uh, you can use them everywhere and they're really good for helping promote yourself and yeah. promoting your brand and what you do and then for the SEO, the search engine optimization stuff as well. Uh, and even uh, like what I do now, I write one for the boxing news website and it gets thousands and thousands of people reading them which is amazing uh, 
and then I use them and put put them everywhere as well. And yeah. I've started sharing them on, on my Instagram page, on my Facebook page. And uh, did you ever get like any good feedback from people that have seen them? I get great feedback. I was just telling Glenn before you came in, like people telling telling us like your content's amazing and uh, keep it coming and all that, and giving us ideas for stuff to put out and all that. I would love to get your thoughts on there. Uh, what was what would someone say? I'd love to get your thoughts on uh, how to move your feet while throwing punches or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting them all the time. And then I had a, because I just done the one, 10 tips for boxers who are going into the fitness industry. Because, I mean, I've you, seen that. Yeah, it was good. You, yeah, that was you, a good one. You see it now, like we get so many boxers coming into in the boxing fitness. We, we interview them. <laughs> we come in for a job. <laughs> and it's like the first thing we're like, uh, uh, they're like, oh, I did this and uh, I fought here and well, I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna train up world champions and stuff like this. And you're just like, oh God. Like, yeah. don't, they might as well just come in and say, listen, I was a bus driver. Yeah. But it just, it just, you know, this it's day and night, mate. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's not relevant. You're yeah. not a boxer no more. This yeah. is to be a trainer. You're on the other sides of the ring now. So yeah. it's a different, you know, it's a so different game. But, but because, because of that reason, that's why I thought, I'll, I'll put this out. And, it's, and I don't think anyone knows it better really than me from... From being the boxer to coming into the fitness industry, that big that big changeover because it is a big changeover. Yeah. Straight away, yeah. I thought I'm the best. Yeah, yeah. You know, where really you're not. Yeah. Like what you've just said, that you're starting at the bottom. Mm. There's so much more to learn. Yeah. yeah. Like number one thing is you're training people for fitness now, not for a fight. Yeah. So make them enjoy it and don't the get the biggest thing I've I've seen over the years since we've, you know we've had the gyms and we've had like pro fighters come and try to be trainers at our gym is uh, it's ego. Like you yes, can't you can't definitely. tell them anything. Like you just don't want to listen to you. Yeah. I've boxed. I've done this. I've done that. Okay, but can you catch it one too? Can <laughs> you teach it. Can, yeah. Are you are you approachable? Can you make yeah. this girl laugh? Can you, make, can you know? Can you have a good uh, aura about you? You know yeah. what I mean? You yeah. can just come in and go. I was a pro, and it doesn't work like that. It's you a diff, different ball game. Reputation. Yeah, different. It's ball funny game. you should see that. I'm going to show you this now. Uh, I've just. Oh, where where is it? I've just wrote. I've just posted this on me LinkedIn as well. I can't see where where the cover note is about the blog, the ten tips. And I wrote the biggest thing I've t- because you tell them about what the article is, and and I said it's a, to help boxers. But the biggest thing that boxers have, and I use that word, is ego. Yeah. Mm. Boxers have ego. I had an ego. I come yeah. in, I would see some fitness guy training some someone out of box. I was thinking he's shite. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> the throne. This is this is rubbish. And I get it. I get it in a way. I do get it, like you know, you spent your whole life doing this, and you know you're a pro, and you've been with the best coaches. Well, some, and then you some see Stephen Kane, who's never boxed, <laughs> coming in, just smashed it. <laughs> You'd be little, pissed off, wouldn't you? Pair, <laughs> pair <laughs> a little, I won the world title, and then here's Stephen Kane, who's never boxed, just pair a little shit short of money, <laughs> tight as anything. <laughs> but yeah, I do get it. It's like me when I like back in the day you're when I was off in ten minutes. I know I've got a goal, I've got a game. <laughs> um, like when I used to play football, when when I stopped playing. I remember this one coach we had, and uh, he come in. He was the academy director, and he never played pro anywhere. And, yeah. and we all found out, and we were only kids, we were like eighteen. And I had respect straight away. Just, I just lost respect for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I got told he was a patent decorator. And there was, oh, one, there was one time I was training. I hated him. He was from London. He was a cockney. I just didn't get on with him at all. And I, I was playing the game. I think it was Newcastle. And I, I done something. He was like, "Get there, you scouts bastard!" And I went, "Fuck off, you! You painting deck? I go, go and paint me house." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't go down. He took me off and I got a bollock. And but like, <laughs> I would, like me now, like say if I was to see that now, I'd be a different mindset. I'd be like, you know, yeah. take Mourinho. 
Yeah, you, you, just, you listen to him based on what he's saying. Yeah, it's, it's the knowledge. Yeah. It's the knowledge. Not what you, you know. If you plays or you box, it's you know yeah. the actual knowledge that you can give someone else. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And we've had some cl- trainers, but one who was more accomplished than me in in boxing, as well as other professional boxers come to the gym to, to work out, and they've been absolutely terrible. And on my blog as well, I mentioned Steve about like how Steve's one of the best boxing tra- fitness trainers in the world now, and he's never had a pair before he stopped. Uh, training boxing, never had a pair of boxing gloves in his life. It's the streets, it's the streets. Street fighter. I and and so e- ego is massive for boxing, uh, for for boxing, and they've got to drop the ego. And another thing I see in the blog is, if you do see a trainer who looks like shit tra- teaching someone wrong, go and pull them to the side after and tell them how to do it right. Mm. Now, what's going to be better for that boxing trainer if he does that? Or if he slags them off to someone else yeah. down the line, one hundred percent do that. Leave your ego at the door. Be a nice person. Don't be a dick. Yeah, yeah. No, that's as simple as it is. And this it. is all kind of stuff we touch on in the academy courses as well, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is it's all all this sort of stuff because there's, there's so much. There's so much more to teaching boxing than teaching boxing. Yeah, there's loads to it. You know, I mean, you could be the best coach, but if you can't, if you're not approachable, I think that's massive as well. Just being like people want to be around you. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you, you could be the like I said before, like be the best coach, but if you can't like hold down a conversation with someone or have a laugh with someone, yeah, I think that's fifty fifty. That's half the battle with the client. Definitely. Yeah, I, I'd I'd see it even more than fifty percent. I'd see it because you can be a average trainer. Speaking about himself, yeah. Average. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching them stretch his client the other way. He's really oh, good. Really good. Good. Good, good little story. He's talking about that stretch. I really have really good stretches. Really? Stuff, uh, yeah, uh, brilliant. Good. I've got a good story from uh, just yeah. this like two days ago. Mate, this is a lie. This is it's so funny. This. What happened? I'm I'm training one of our good friends, Paul King, in the gym on on Friday yeah. morning. Right, <laughs> this this fucker over here. He's got some guy in all naked out. Some big like baseball player or whatever it is charging him ridiculous money for the hour <laughs> he's warming him up the sessions start at the same time I'm I'm on the floor with Paul King right doing like hip hop restrictions yeah. like this in, like you know in the plank like that yeah. and then I look up and then he just goes alright mate get down on the floor he starts doing these <laughs> and me and Paul King looked up I went look at this nobody look at him and then he looked around at me and we were just laughing our heads off <laughs> and then he comes over to me and goes Oh, I didn't realise you were doing them as well. I just, I always do them when we walk. No, up. I swear down on the kid's life, I'll never copy that stretch right then. But I, I wouldn't, that's the kind of thing I would do just on purpose. Oh, yeah, exactly. I that's, what, that's yeah. why I thought you'd done it. I was like, right. I, I, just, oh, I just found it funny because you just did yeah, it. I've got the same, I've got the I same love routine the stretches, as stretches. It's great to make me laugh. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was funny that. But I would copy your shit. It was funny one time I trained with Glenn. <laughs> I, I've never, I've never used TRX in my life. Yeah. I done a session with you, and uh, I done these three exercises for the next like six weeks. Everyone I trained, I done the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and when I had Josh Ackford on this podcast, Josh Ackford's one of the top trainers in boxing, Burn. And you were on, and Kev was on, and and I asked, well, how do you, where do you find? your new shit from where do you get it from and I'll say oh well I get this book I read follow this one on here follow this one oh, well what I do is let yous do that and then I <laughs> copy, copy from yous <laughs> yous have just spent 10 hours doing that yeah, I it's really alright if you're doing one training session a week though innit that's all you do that's true that's all Charges, I have to do the charge all the yeah, don't get out of bed for less than 500 a session yeah I'll tell you what um, I've got some funny clients in in LA 
like the people who you meet, the people who you who walk through that door That's is mad, un- unbelievable. It's crazy. You know, he's not my client. He just comes to those classes. But Jensen, Jensen Button yeah. is yeah, there yeah. all the time. Jensen, yeah. a nice fella as well. It's funny because none of the Americans really know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, like Formula su- One's not that not big, that big, big yeah. it? Like a super. Unless you Lewis Hamilton or someone. But he was really, he was big time, man. Really big. Yeah. You've trained him in class as well? Yeah, I trained him. He's a nice lad. So was, he was in the gym yesterday. I was talking to him. He just got back from London. He was uh, doing a book sign. He got yeah. autobiography out. Right. I listened to a whole... Uh, he was on Five Live the other morning. I was driving to the was gym. He, yeah? they, they did like an hour-long special on him, talking about his book and his career and all that. Interesting story. Seems like he was a super nice lad. Yeah, I'd love sad. to get him on here. Should do. I'd be class that one. Yeah, I'll speak to him. He's my best yeah. mate. Speak to him, Steve. I think you've got to get speak to his bird and she she get you oh, yeah. around there. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> so the idea that I'll be class getting Jensen Button on here. Yeah, yeah. Because he's huge. You know, I'll Google him and he said his net worth is like 105 million dollars. Whoa, yeah, they do huge contracts in Formula they One. They deserve it though. Oh yeah, it's yeah. That's like putting your life on the line. That stuff. If you sneeze, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking dead. Corner man around the corner. Just sneeze. Close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing, that's the quote just right there. Fucking just sneeze, you're dead. sneeze, you're dead. If you if you sneeze, you're in flames. Yeah, you know. So it's brutal, deserve. isn't it? Like, what's what's more dangerous, that or boxing? I'd uh, a different type, isn't it? I don't know. Like boxing's more consistent, isn't it? Consistently getting it in the face and the yeah. head. It's like over time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like formula one, but if you if you if you like if you get. If you make a mistake on that, it's you make a mistake. You don't, you don't. basically. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thinking of concentration levels as well, because them races are like three hours, aren't they? You gotta be sharp as well. Cause if you don't, if you ever watch them, they're like getting told instructions what yeah, to do yeah. as they're driving. It's like multitasking. Yeah. Fuck. I'd love to get Jensen put on here and talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Because that's that's something when we talk about mindsets and writing blogs on mindsets. Well, I know you've just, you just wrote one or you're writing one. Uh, that's a sport that we don't really think about. F1. Something like mm. that. Yeah. Right, boys, I'm going to have to go. I've got to go and score some goals now. You are scoring any goals, mate. Score what goals. time is it? You're on the bench, mate. <laughs> on the bench. You, I'll, be, you I'll be on the bench now. I'm going to be late. I'm definitely going to be on the bench now. Nice. All right, mate. All right, guys. It's been emotional. All right. Nice nice one for having right. me. See you in a bit. And, uh, yeah. We'll do some more. Now, the real Thanks podcast will start. You can all talk about me now. You want to talk about how shit you are? All right, see you in a bit, mate. So that was Stephen Kane. Now the video's gone. Go and talk to Stephen Kane. Uh, good to have Stephen in. Good lad. Good lad, good lad. Uh, yeah, no, Glenn, we can have a laugh now. No, no, boring bastard's gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I talking about the... F- I can get my chair back now. I'm not on that fucking Pezzy chair anymore. <laughs> yeah, talking about the... Uh, little pause there... <coughs> I the mindset of someone Just had like to kick Stephen out. <laughs> the someone like the mindset like someone like Jensen Button must be unbelievable. Like, what other sports is really dangerous where you've got to concentrate all the time? I I said I think it's I think I put it on my website about how that's why I love boxing because there's I I can't think of any other sports and I've thought about this quite a bit over a period of time. Is like. What other sport is there where if you have a slight relapse in concentration, your life is on the line? Right. F1's a good one. Yeah. You fuck up in tennis or you, you like, relapse in concentration from it, you lose a point. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> I get a ball in your face, but... That's all Footy, it's team sport. You're not going yeah. to die. Do you know Boxing, what I, you could die. What I think the most athletic sports people are out there, I think it's ice hockey. Yeah, it's up there. 
so athletic. Insane strength endurance. I think Kev was saying he thought it was well he was saying it was basketball before but not I a know. chance. I think I think so, but like, I've trained someone from the NBA. Yeah. I've seen first half. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of them are don't get me wrong, they're amazing athletes, but they're def it's definitely not in the top five out of all sports. I I don't think basketballers you don't have to be super athletic to be because ba- they're, they're that big. Yeah, they can't really be super athletic. <laughs> yeah, I just think basketballs mostly for tall people. <laughs> yeah, <that helps. laughs> uh, What about darts? <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous, isn't it? Well, in, t- <laughs> in terms of skill level, it's ridiculous. Skillful. So skillful, yeah. Nah. Th- like this, is, uh, this is what it does weigh in about you. You do not respect pub sports. No, snooker. Snooker. Snooker, darts. Ridiculous skill level. Snooker's more than darts. Golf. Dart, darts skill. is not... Darts is not... I mean, darts is not up there. Like Skill? Hi. Oh, man. No, it's mate, it's not, man. It's to not, throw a 180. Anyone can get good at that. Anyone can get good at darts. Anyone. Well... You'd have to be super talented. To be you'd have good. to practice. You'd have to that's practice. That's what I mean. Like you need to be in years. the pub all the time. Yeah. So <laughs> that's <what laughs> just getting bladder. Just getting bladder playing darts. <laughs> Anyone can be good at darts. No, there's a high skill level to darts. Those guys are fucking ridiculous. I mean, you were talking about the top top level, but like, like Phil the, Phil Taylor. Yeah, yeah. He's you know the skill. Yeah, he's about fucking thirty stone as well. Yeah. So, but that that's different from athleticism. When yeah. I talk about athleticism, I just oh, think oh, purely on. Just purely on skill, it's it's up there. So it's not up there. It's not up there. Compared to what? Compared to anything. You wouldn't put darts in the top five for skill. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. I would for skill. All right, let's put it out there then. Anyone listening to this, DM us on the Boxing Life Instagram or post it on the Boxing Life Instagram. Your top five sports for athleticism, and your top five sports for skill. Yeah. Tell us what you think. I want to read it because. It's so interesting. To- it's such an interesting topic. This you need more skill in basketball and darts. Disagree. Oh wait, mate. Oh wait, mate. You're standing still, throwing something you in need, basketball. You need more athleticism in basketball. No, but you need, more, need skill. more skill. Nah, you do like. You no, do. I, right. You need more this, skill. This is how hard. This is how, this is how hard it is. Right. You've got. Mate, it's not. Mad. Out, out of. Ten, not. Out of. You're you're in a basketball court in a gym. Right. right? You get ten goals to s- score a hoop. Right. Right. You probably get. A few. Yeah. Even if you've not really played basketball in your life. Anytime we fuck about in the gym at, on it with the basketball or wherever we go, always get a couple in, don't you, after you've had a few yeah. do's. You've you got three darts. How many treble 20s can you hit in in an, in one hour? Probably you'll get, you might get one. Nah, definitely more than one. Treble 20s. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm very skillful though, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I get, I get twenties, I get, I bet you, I bet you, out of ten darts, I get three twenties. That's that's nothing though. That doesn't count for shit. I mean, you it, might I mean, as well it's, it's the halfway fucking, there. You might as well hit the outer bit. Where it's halfway the there. So I'd say, I'd, I'd say, hitting a triple twenty three times, so scoring a one eighty, is fucking way harder than scoring a three pointer in basketball. Well, three three-pointers. Most people could three probably get a three-pointer in. Nah. Yeah, but, but then it, there's... It, it, most people get a three-pointer after you talk, like an hour or two You're talking about standing there shooting, but we talk, but there's, because you've got to do more than stand still and throw something that weighs yeah, 10 grams. Yeah, in an game, yeah, definitely. So it's more skill. So you need more no, skill I, to play I, basketball. No, I think you need more skill to play darts. Then football? Soccer. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, more up there. More skill than darts. Skill, yeah, way more. Boxing. Because uh, football is, is skill and athleticism and fitness. Curling. <laughs> <laughs> Curling. <laughs> Ice hockey, obviously, definitely more skill than darts. Uh, I wouldn't say more skill. I'd say more strengthening. Me, I don't think you know power. what the word skill means. Define skill. Skill being able to like. I don't know. I'll do. I'll do you define skill. I, I think feel like your definition of skill is more athletic based than mine. Well, I think athletic. Mine's more it, like I think like minute detail when I think of skill, like dropping a dart in for a one eighty over two darts that are already there is. Just pure fucking skill. Scoring a one four seven at snooker is ridiculous. Yeah, but, but you're talking now. You now you're shooting a round of sixty three at golf is ridiculous skill because it's it's finite detail. You're getting something into a small space. Let me ask Siri. And it's a huge amount of control involved. What is it? What's the definition stuff. of skill? No one she hasn't got a clue what you're saying. She said skill. Is it like right, skill? Put, put your proper voice on. <laughs> no. Go on. Yeah, here it's here. See where it is. Siri. Skill. Yeah. Skill. Their ability to do something well. Expertise. Difficult work. Taking great skill. So the ability to do something well. Yeah. Uh, so so how... That's good. That's a good starting spot. So how difficult is it to do basketball well? Difficult. It's difficult, but it's not as difficult as doing darts well. It is. I mean, you're talking about top levels here. Right. You, so you, is LeBron James more talented than Phil Taylor? <laughs> is he more? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> is he more skilled than Phil Taylor? One hundred percent. Is he? Uh, he's more athletically skilled. He's more skilled all around. <laughs> um, if you're from America and you don't know who, who Phil Taylor is, please Google him and then you'll, <laughs> yeah. you'll just see off the image what Glenn's talking about. All these American listeners now are going to Google Phil Taylor and go, please Google Glenn's Phil on Taylor. crack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and other sports, like. Uh, like I just watched the snooker. The gym, UK, gymnastics? The UK Championship was finished. I watched the final this afternoon. It was on. Ronnie O'Sullivan just in pure control yeah, all the time a, a genius yeah and they were t- they actually spoke about it while he was playing they said I don't think I've ever seen anybody in any other sport own their sport as much as he owns snooker like how easy it is for him that's skill right there no I, I agree he's, yeah. he's skillful he's skillful but like you're, you're comparing you're fucking off your head mate seeing, seeing snooker's uh, darts is the top five skilled sports you're off your head, mate. I'd, uh, all right, do you want me top head? five? Go on, then. Let me think about it. But I'd say number five, darts. Number four, snooker. Number three, golf. Uh, number two, soccer. Number one, boxing. How about that? Well, ice hockey's more skillful than all of them. I'd put hockey just outside. Gymnastics, but that balancing on the beam and all that. Yeah, that's a lot of skill. More than darts. But it's a lot of strength more required. More than darts. 100%. You're off your head, mate. Uh, what, what are the sports? See, you're you're thinking of sport as like you're you're including all the sports that require like strength, stamina, athleticism, as well as the actual skill of being able to perform yeah. the task. Yeah, I'm talking about all of it. All you need all of it. Yeah. Because I'm talking about the pure skill of actually like, executing about the, the task of throwing like a one eighty or like 
doing a nine dart finish or something. That's just ridiculous. All right, let's get skill. the pictures of Phil Taylor and uh, <laughs> side by side with uh, what's he called? LeBron James. LeBron James on boxinglifepodcast.com forward slash 78. Um, we're going to have to end this here now. Uh, <laughs> we've got shit a day. We're going to have the spa. Yeah. The Vora Spa. If you're ever in LA, go to the Vora Spa. It's something where we, what we recommend. But if you're ever in LA, do you know what? I tell people it's not like a holiday. If you come to LA, LA and, you, and you went to Vora Spa, it would be like, what's this? Yeah. It's like not a holiday thing. No. Because when people think of holidays, you think, of, if you think you, you're going to spa on holiday, you're having a cocktail yeah. outside. Fucking you know, some you can have a cocktail at Vora though if you want. Not in the pool. <laughs> no, not in the pool. But I think if people want to come out here and think holiday, they'd probably be going more like Palm Springs, San Diego. But even uh, then, it's not like a, a holiday. Little bit more relaxed. If if I if I was on if I had been one holiday a year and I went to Palm Springs, I'd be devastated. That's right, so boring. Even though I've never been. Have you not? No. <laughs> I went it's once. Nice. I've, I've been once, but I didn't stay, and I just relaxed. Didn't like the vibe. You'd love it. Anyway, thank you for listening to the Boxing Life podcast. Until next time, we'll see you later.